This is the Dave Logan Podcast. Welcome to the Dave Logan Podcast. Dave Logan and Julie Brownman, podcast number 46. For the people that don't understand that and took French in high school, that's 46. That's right. Did you take French in high school? We. Oui. It was not. How do you say 46 in French? Le 46. Un, deux, trois, quatre, Un, un, deux, trois, quatre, cinq. It was a wasted. It's just only because I don't really use it. Yeah. Yeah. How are you? Good. Nice to see you again via. What exactly is this Zoom? I know we talked this about this before. This one's FaceTime. Sometimes we go back FaceTime. and forth. FaceTime. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Doing good. The uh, zombie apocalypse of the year 2020 continues. I'm going to uh, have t-shirts. I told you that before. I'm, I'm thinking about having t-shirts. If I could, do you patent that or how do you, do you trademark it? Well, what's it going to say? Zombie apocalypse 2020. Dave, I think that that's probably taken. Well, how, okay. Ba- based I'll, on. That. You're assuming. I'm assuming. Okay. Oh, look. Do you know what I want to make a t-shirt of? And sell it and let me know if you want to be a business partner. Yeah. This isn't very positive. But... You'll only get me one time in the business partner thing. <laughs> and this is it. And this, this is, is it. Time. Yes. Here's my t-shirt. People are dumb. That's just the t-shirt. Just when things go wrong, you just go, just people are dumb. Huh. Is that? Not I sure think... that'll be a big seller. <laughs> no, I actually Maybe think in your immediate world... family, maybe, but I, I just don't, I don't know. I can't think there's going to be a high demand for that. But I've I've been uh, wrong before. People are dumb. T-shirt. There's not a high demand. No, <laughs> not not really. really. I mean, how is how is that a catchy phrase? Who doesn't know that? But nobody's put it on a T-shirt. Okay, I tell you what I'll do. Yep. I'll do the zombie apocalypse 2020. <laughs> you do the people are dumb, okay. and let's just have a, a, a sell-off. We'll see who can sell more T-shirts. I would actually, I would uh, take that bet. You know mm-hmm. what, Dave? Let's at least be excited. Next week, the NFL, well, this week, actually, the NFL season starts. But next week, the Broncos open their season Monday night against Tennessee. Yeah! Right? Sorry. I just had to. It's freaking happening. I'm normally not really quite this uh, much of a live wire. But honestly, anybody and most people that are listening to this have been through the zombie apocalypse since March 11th. Mm -hmm. And we are just damn tired of it. And so- Any chance you get to basically scream and lose your mind for a little bit, I think you should be able to do that. I'm so excited. I am too. Right? I am too. So lots to talk about before we preview that game, game number one for the Broncos. Let's talk about those roster cuts that happened over the weekend. We taped this on a Monday. Uh, Biggest surprise, obviously, would be Todd Davis. Did you have any kind of semblance that that was coming? Um, Any sort of idea that this was coming? I, I didn't have a direct pipeline from the organization that, hey, we're th- – I mean, I don't have that. Mm-hmm. You know, it's surprising to me now after all these years that they, they haven't found that necessary to call me and sort of, you know, uh, give me a heads up on what might be going on. You've never gotten that call. I don't believe you. Well, I didn't say never. I just okay. said over I, – I just don't have that pipeline. So, okay. But after the fact uh, – is is it completely surprising to me? No, it's not. I think, and I listen. I think Todd Davis is uh, is a really good football player. I think he's a great dude. Yeah, got to know him a little bit. He and his wife, and I mean, made of the right stuff. Somebody that you would want to represent your company uh, in business. I mean, he's he's a top notch 
young guy. Mm-hmm. Um, now, the Bronco linebackers have had their fair share of problems covering tight ends and backs the last few years. There's no secret there. And I do think that the NFL has changed dramatically so within the last four or five years with respect to sort of what they look for now uh, in, in, in inside linebacker, right? Um, if you can find a three-down guy, it is very rare. Somebody that ostensibly is good against the run on first and second down and still has the athletic ability to match up with some of these tight ends and backs that are just unbelievably athletic. Um, and so I think from that standpoint, when you look at Todd Davis and you look at uh, Alexander Johnson, you've got two bigger run-stopping linebackers. Um, and so also there there was talk, and I don't know – I can't I can't figure if this is true or if this is just a rumor, but I did hear talk that they had gone to Todd and asked him to take some sort of pay cut, and he refused, which is certainly his prerogative. And again, just to be clear here, I'm not one of these guys that floats that out there like I have inside knowledge because I don't know if that's true or not. That's what I heard. So when it's all said and done, when they signed Mark Barron, uh, who played collegiately at Alabama, was a safety for Nick Saban, but had been moved. He's kind of a hybrid. He was moved to linebacker. Um, I mean, it told me that, I mean, you don't sign a guy like that to think that he's not going to be on the field, right? And so, uh, you know, I, I just think they felt like they wanted maybe somebody in there that had a little more speed and a little more ability to cover tight ends and backs and that's that's what happened. How much though can you put on a f- his salary of five million dollars? Sure. I mean, isn't that is that the biggest part of it? Do you think, or is it? I think that certainly played a part. I don't know if that's the biggest part, mm-hmm. but I mean, NFL players realize that when you get to a certain economic standing, unless you're um, a starting quarterback in one of the top, uh, starting quarterback in the top half of the league, when you get to a certain level. There's there's danger involved. There's uh, there's more exposure. There's more visibility, and these teams are aware of of this. And and every single year, and this is why, I, and I've said this before. I think players uh, in the NFL are insecure. I think at times you carry some of that insecurity with you when your career is over because you are taught to be insecure every single day, with the exception of quarterbacks and the top half of the league. I mean, most of the other positions, 95% of those positions, you are led to believe, and I think it's accurate, that, you know what, we could replace you in a matter of hours, and somebody will have your locker and your nameplate will be off, you'll get Mm -hmm. to keep it, but somebody else's nameplate will be on, and we'll be just fine. So you better go out and you better practice with that in mind, you better play with that in mind, you need to be on point and really grinding every single minute of your existence in the NFL. So, yes, money plays a factor for almost everybody, and I think it was a factor, maybe not the factor, but I do think it was a factor with Todd Davis. You said that some NFL players take that into after their career. Did you take that into after your career? A little bit. Yeah, Yeah, sure. A little bit. I mean, I think, um, first of all, the NFL is, is, you know, it's it's – it's not a real existence, right? So, I mean, it is such a regimented 
um, schedule. You are used to people doing things for you. Um, you are used to thinking basically about football and the grind and trying to make the team and trying to make plays all the time. And then when your career ends, and for some it ends, I mean, I was fortunate enough to play a long time, but for some guys it ends, uh, you know, after a year or after two years, but invariably it ends for the majority of players before they're ready or before they think it's going to end. And then all of a sudden you're dumped into the real world Um you know, you've had things done for you. You've you've uh, you've had everything outlined. You know when y- your meals are. You know when you have to be there. Your meeting time, and then all of a sudden, now you have no rules. You have you have you you can do whatever you want to. And I think guys struggle with that. I also think that guys struggle with that. Um, I call it the juice. I call it um, that that emotion you have that right before the game you know as you get ready to take the field what what that's like. Guys look for that for the rest of their lifetime. And you know what? It's it's just not out there. Oh, it just isn't. You found it in this podcast. Well, um <laughs> yeah, I think the smart thing even though we're not, you know, f- we're not literally, we're not physically in the same room. Yeah. I think the smart thing at this point would be to say, oh, you're absolutely right. And move on. And Jake, move on. Okay. Did we think that Jake Butt was going to make this roster? I'm happy he did. Um, I didn't know. I thought he had a chance because he had a really good camp. Um, and, and physically, we had him on the radio show, I don't know, two or three weeks ago. And he said physically, he feels fine. Now, most players uh, will say that. But when you come off of three ACL repairs, that's... It's been done before, but it hasn't been done too many times. But uh, I, I thought it was interesting to hear what uh, Vic Fangio said about Jake Butt when asked specifically about him. He said he's had a great camp, and to watch him, he's not limping at all. Mm-hmm. You wouldn't even know that he was hurt. I mean, that's a credit, I think, in, in two different ways. One, to him and the perseverance that is necessary and the hard work, and I talked about the grind, the grind to come back. And the the mental fortitude it takes not just to say, you know, this is number three and maybe it's just not in the cards because that's what that's how players start to think that and also modern medicine, which is so I mean, back you know, I played mid 70s to mid 80s in the NFL. If you got an ACL injury that requires surgery, for the most part, your career was pretty much over. Nowadays, I mean, Jake Butt is a perfect example three of those and yet here he is on the final 53 isn't there only like one other player that has come back from three acl i think there's i I think there's more than that but not too many more i think it's a handful so Devontae bosby was released but then brought back did you think that when you saw his name on the list did you think that that was going to happen that he would just be on the practice squad well i mean a little bit of surprise there i mean they've had basically a three-way battle and Bassey is, is the fourth, the young corner, who made the team. Um, you know, we, we, we should have, and I think players would have known one day in practice. In fact, it was before the scrimmage, I think, that they had that Bassey was, was moved up to run with the number ones and, and inserted as the nickelback. That right there told the other three guys competing for that job. When you have an undrafted college free agent that before practice is told, by the way, when number one's going defense, you're going, that should have been a really strong signal to those other three guys that, you know what, uh, you better pick up your your game. So I, I think 
I think they still have some questions back there. I think only time will tell. But I think they would have preferred to have somebody really step up and say, this is my job, based on his performance in training camp. They, and because of how it was shortened and the, and the lack of time prior to camp with coaches having the ability to see and interact with players, I can understand that. But it's still a, an area of question for me. How does this make you feel when I read you this? On the roster, there are 19 players that were not with the organization last year, which is about 36%. Is that good? Is that bad? Typical. I think it's typical. I think, you know, I don't have all those numbers in front of me, but I'll bet those numbers are similar to what every single team every single year experiences. The NFL, um, you know, the old um, Jerry Glanville comment about not for long. You use that Mm -hmm. on an official who made a bad call. And saying the NFL stands not for long, which means you won't have a job if you continue to make calls like that. Um, the NFL, you know, that that's where some guys fall into the trap of thinking, you know, I made the team last year, so why would I not make the team this year? I've worked hard in the offseason. The league and teams don't look at it that way. I mean, they, they basically, for 95% of their roster, they clean the whiteboard and they start over. Now, you know, you're starting quarterback, and if Drew Locke goes out and has a really good year this year, okay, he's he's going to be not penciled in next year. He'll be, you know, permanently a permanent ink guy. But not not too many guys. So of 53 guys of the roster, I'd say, you know, 40 of those guys every single year, you know, they may have a leg up because they made the team last year, but you got to come in and reprove yourself all again and young guys sometimes they don't quite get that they can't grasp that and finally when they do it's too late well and also if your team blows last season i think you want to see that big what are you saying the broncos no. blow, or i guess technically they would have they blew last year <laughs> i didn't think they blew. is that b-l-e-w or b-l-u-e <laughs> what did they finish last year seven and nine does that is that blowing is that, is that a, blowing is that a julie brownmanism <laughs> like they blew no, blue is like. Four is that how and Kansas grads talk? <laughs> you know where I'm going. I'm not saying that this is the Broncos, but if you finish four and twelve, I think the next season you want to see a pretty different roster. You done I, blued? <laughs> yeah, I, I I know what you mean. Yeah, four four and twelve will will get you a lot of changes. Right. We saw four and twelve. Yeah, we did. We are going to take a break. When we come back, are we coming back? Well, I was. Hoping we would. Okay. I was preparing that we would. Can we talk about Tennessee? The opener. Woo! Yeah, I would like that. No, I already did that once. <laughs> the Tennessee Titans? Yeah. They're hard to get excited about. But yes, yes, we can talk about them. Okay. The Dave Logan Podcast can be found at iHeart, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, and wherever you find your favorite podcasts. Remember to download, and if you like what you hear, share with your friends and subscribe. Remember, you can log on to our website, thedaveloganpodcast.com. Go to the Contact tab to ask us questions. We'll read them on the podcast. Most every question is fair game. Just keep it classy. It's thedaveloganpodcast.com, or you can send your question directly to us on Twitter, at DaveLoganPod or at JulieBrowman1. Hey, time to talk about orthodontic specialist, Dr. Wojtek Bobak. We know that getting braces for yourself or your children is a big decision. It can be a big investment, right? Not one to take lightly. 
So we would like to steer you in Dr. Boback's direction because he has years and years of valuable experience in the industry while also using state-of-the-art digital radiography and 3D technology. Dr. Boback also knows that orthodontics can be pricey for people, so he uses what scientific clinical research has shown to be significantly effective. Now, some of those fancy braces and treatments may sound good, but have not shown to be effective. So it just means that you're spending a lot of unnecessary money, which is not cool. That is not what we need to be doing these days. Know that Dr. Boback takes all insurances, including CHP Plus and Medicaid. And also rest assured, you're walking into an office that is spotless. They take all the necessary measures and more to make sure you and your family are safe and comfortable by using temperature checks, face shields, and N95 masks. Dr. Boback, as we've mentioned before, with three convenient locations. One is in Lakewood. Julie and I went out and saw him there, but he also has offices for your convenience in Thornton and in Aurora. It's a really relaxed, comfortable environment. They've got TVs to watch. They've got music to listen to. and just a nice place to be. And listen to this, and this is the key. If you mention that you hear Dr. Boback on our podcast, you get a $500 discount on a full set of braces or Invisalign. That's a great deal. Check them out at bobackortho.com or call 303-988-0844. Again, 303-988-0844. That's bobackortho.com and smile like you mean it. Dave Logan and Julie Brownman back for uh, podcast number 46. We were talking a little bit earlier about some of the Bronco cuts. Big game coming up. The opener coming up actually a week from tonight at home. The Broncos hosting the Tennessee Titans. Titans last year made the AFC Championship game, uh, lost in Kansas City, but so did a lot of people last year. Um, No fans allowed for the opener, so we will be in our regular position in, in our booth broadcasting to a completely empty stadium with the exception of the teams. So I talked to Susie Warchin the other day, and she said maybe there are a couple more people now allowed. Like it's not going to be basically you and then Rick outside, right? No, no, no. I mean, our broadcast team will be there. Yeah. Uh, we we normally have six people, and we'll have all six. Okay, okay. But they'll be positioned differently in the booth. They've had to build the plexiglass separators between the three people in the front row. Uh-huh. So, I mean – you know, that's 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 not a big thing to deal with. My my thing will be spotting. How is your spotter? The spotter gonna... now instead of to my left will be to my right, but a partition in between us. So he'll have to spot on his own board, yeah. which is going to be exactly the same as mine. And I'll have to look over gotcha. and see it. But I I think it's going to be. I mean, I'm, listen, I'm happy we have a game, and I'm not bitching about anything. Mm-hmm. But it is going to be a bit surreal for me to broadcast a game with no fans. Mm-hmm. In the stands. I think that's going to be interesting to see how it sounds and what the emotion of the game brings. And, hey, we won't know until we do it. Yeah, the one cool thing about this is that you, like, and I know Coors Field is a lot smaller, but sometimes there was a game the other day that somebody had a home run and you could literally hear the the dugout yelling and exactly what they were saying. So you might get some kind of cool. Or not. Or not. Yeah. No, we were down there for the scrimmage. <laughs> Yeah. Broadcasting, just doing a talk show during the, the scrimmage. And when Vic Fangio, the head coach, called all the players together after the scrimmage, and he they circled around him, he was standing in the midst of all these players. Mm-hmm. And I had headphones on. Um, we were, I guess it was during a break, so maybe I'd taken the headphones off. I could, from my 
position in the broadcast booth, I could hear every single word he said well, to his team. Well, that's cool, right? Well, yes, and no. I think I think our engineer Eric could will have to uh, out. be no. He'll have to be on point with respect mm-hmm. to what goes out over the air. Right. But I think it's. I mean, you're going to be able to hear pods pop. Uh, pods. You're going to be able to hear pads popping. Yep. And a lot of, I mean, you might not to be, be able to hear specifically what is said during the game, mm-hmm. but you're going to hear some of it, which I think in and of itself would be reason to listen to the broadcast because normally speak, if, if, and I've said this before, if you could mic players during a game and actually, and they do that in some cases, but they also, before fans have a chance to hear it, they listen to it and they chop it up. If you could really hear what, some of the conversations are during a game from player to player. Uh-huh. You you would a you'd cringe, b <laughs> you'd laugh, uh, you'd be just amazed by what goes on. Yeah, we want more of that. And are you guys putting in fake crowd noise into the radio? We're, we're not, but the but the stadium the stadium will. Oh, right. right. So okay. our our crowd mics, mm-hmm. I think, will just pick up naturally right. whatever the stadium pumps in. Okay, so you talked about the Titans briefly, and we're going to talk about them a lot more. Uh, they signed Jadavian Clowney over the weekend, and uh, one year up to $15 million. Now, he's going to be a positive addition, right? I mean, they couldn't stop the run against Kansas City last year? Well, no, it wasn't the run that beat him. Um, it was too much Patrick Mahomes. I think that... Uh, I, I think oh, they didn't J- have a pass rush. Jadavion Clowney is a prime example of either having the wrong agent, all due respect to him, mm-hmm. or simply overvaluing yourself because he was holding out initially. He wanted a multi-year deal uh, with a base salary of $21 million per season. Then they lowered that to between 17 to 18 million, still got no bites. And now he winds up you know, hard to say settling when you're making $15 million, but he gets a one-year deal for $15 million. So yeah, he's, I mean, I I would imagine that uh, in a short period of time, Tennessee will come up with a game plan to put Jadavian Clowney lined up over Garrett Bowles and test whether Garrett Bowles, you know, is going to be up to the challenge. And, And the guy that has to be up to the challenge also, other than Garrett Bowles, is Pat Shermer, because I'm sure Pat realizes that uh, Garrett Bowles is going to get tested. This this game, to me, will come down to the Broncos' ability, and this is no you know earth shattering news. They got to find a way to stop Derrick Henry. You got to find a way. That's I mean, this is as big and bruising an offensive line as we have in the NFL, and they also their mindset every single week is to run the ball and to shorten your neck on the defensive line. So. This is going to be a knockdown drag out. Jarrell Casey, who the Broncos signed in the offseason, came from Tennessee. So he knows, you know, he knows what's coming on Monday. I mean, this is if you'd never really played football all that much, I guess I would what would, would come to mind with respect to Derrick Henry is if you pictured uh one of the streets in San Francisco and then you pictured a beer truck that was going up the street and somehow thought he put the emergency brake on and the brake slipped and the beer truck started (laughs) rolling downhill that's what that's what i think of when derrick henry if derrick henry breaks the initial line of scrimmage he is a nightmare for defensive backs because of his size and strength to get down so the broncos have to maintain great gap uh security 
and integrity, and they've got to get him running east and west because when he runs north and south, I don't care who it is, it's going to be a long day for the defense. All right, so what you know about the Broncos' line, you think the chances of them doing that are? Defensive line? Yeah. I think pretty good. I mean, I think, listen, you know what you're going to get. I mean, it's not going to be, this is not going to be a surprise. It's not like all of a sudden, you know, it's not like they're preparing for Kansas City and then Kansas City decides to run the ball 45 times. It's Mm -hmm. like, well, wait, we thought Mahomes was, you know what you're getting with Tennessee. I mean, with Ryan Tannehill, uh, who took over late in that game. I mean, the Titans played in Denver last year. The Broncos won 16 nothing. They were terrible. Marcus Mariota really was bad. And then they put in Ryan Tannehill and he moved the ball a little bit, but you know what you're going to get. I mean, he's a boot. Guy, they're going to play fake. They're going to get him outside the pocket. He was a good enough athlete that at A and M he played quarterback, but he also played wide receiver. So you know he can run. Mm-hmm. They're they're not going to throw the ball forty times so Ryan unless Tannehill they get ahead. Is not beating the Broncos. Not if the Broncos can get a hold of the Titans' run game. Ryan Tannehill beats the Broncos if they can run it, and then safeties have to come down for the Broncos. And then once they come down, you know you're getting single coverage outside. Ryan Tannehill is good enough to beat the Broncos in that regard. But if if they can't really get that running game going the way they like to, and you force Ryan Tannehill to throw the ball, as I said, 35 to 40 times, big advantage for the Broncos. So I know this year has been so weird in training camp, and it's not as long and not being able to get down there and watch as much as you usually do. But talking from the Broncos' perspective, we just talked about you know the main things that we're going to see from Tennessee – What are expectations? What are we going to see on Monday night from the Broncos? Who do you feel like Drew Locke made connections with in the short training camp? Who's he going to have chemistry with? I'm going to answer you completely and totally honestly. I don't have a freaking clue. Oh, say the other word. I don't have a clue. Okay. No, I, I just don't have a clue. And you know what? I'm not completely sure they do. I, I think, and I've said this before with the, the, Zombie apocalypse upon us and the lack of OTAs and the lack of any sort of interaction with coaches and players in the offseason and the lack of pre, no preseason games and the shortening of the training camp and a new offensive coordinator and a quarterback who started five times and a new a, a passing system. Man, really, I, I think it'll take four weeks minimum for this team on offense to really figure out who the hell they are, what's our identity. So here's two things that I do think will happen. One, I think the Broncos will run the ball a lot on Monday night. I think 50, you're going to see Melvin Gordon and Phillip. I think. Oh, I don't know about who gets the most carries. I mean, I, I'm not sure. Gordon's been banged up with right. ribs. Lindsay's had a really good camp. I don't know. That's a feel thing. Okay. I mean, it is. I think. I think both of them will play. I think with if one of them gets hot. He's going to carry the ball more, but I don't know about the split. But I do think that I know this: if I were the offensive coordinator of the Broncos, given all those circumstances, uh, I'd run the hell out of the ball in the first week, maybe the second week, maybe until I try to take as much pressure off my offensive line and young quarterback. I'm not saying they're never going to throw it, but I don't want to have I don't want to look at the stats after the game like every single coach does and say, "Well, hell." We threw the ball 51 times. If if they throw the ball 51 times, they're losing mm-hmm. they're, unless they can come from behind because the only way that happens is if, if they get way, way behind. I'm not going to do anything on offense given those circumstances 
that puts my defense, which is the mainstay of this team, I'm not going to put them in a bad position. So if we punt, that's okay. I want to punt it all the way down the other end of the field, and then I want to put the best part of my team on the field against Tennessee and say, okay, we'll see how good Tennessee is. Can you go 80 yards in 12 plays? If so, you'll have a touchdown. But what I'm not doing is dropping back to throw it, you know, uh, 12 times a quarter and have the left tackle break down or somebody break down, the ball gets stripped, and now I put Tennessee on my 17-yard line and they score. I, I, I So I, I think will we see really what Pat Shermer wants to do on offense early this season? I, I think not. I think he'll be more careful than he will be as the season goes on. Will they say that publicly? Probably not. But that's just my what my gut tells me about this Monday night opener. You want to do a prediction? Why do you know you're really the one? I, I'm I'm not going to predict Bronco games because I've never? already I, I've already said not for the rest of my life that would be never. <laughs> I, I've already so I I've already said I think they're a playoff caliber team. Uh-huh. I think uh, you know I think they're going to be in this thing uh, in December, mm-hmm. providing we have football. And I, I don't know if they're good enough to to win the West. Uh, against the Chiefs, but I think they're good enough to compete with an additional playoff spot available. Mm-hmm. They're they're good enough to okay. compete for that this year, so I'm going to stick with that. If you want to predict, go right ahead. Although, uh, in full disclosure, the last time one of your predictions hit, uh-huh. uh, I believe, was 1988. You predicted Kansas to beat Oklahoma in the NCAA and was championship I right? game. Danny Manning, yes, you All were. All I'm going to say is this is going to be a tough one for them. I mean, this is going to be really tough. Okay, well, you listen. You're, I'm not allowing you. La, 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 la. You're jinxing the Broncos on Monday, so I'm not, uh, listen, you know what? I don't have that kind of power. I'm already, you know what? Listen. I'm already out. I'm already gone. See you next week. Au revoir.